Hello everybody, welcome to a super special New Year episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. In this episode, we will cover the very exciting World Rapid and Blitz Championship. My name is Jan Gustafsson and I'm delighted to be joined by my dear friends Peter Ian Nielsen and Laurent Fressinet in remote locations of the world. Peter, where are you these days? Uh, I'm in, in Palanga in Lithuania. I'm in a, a place that both you and Laurent knows very well because we had uh, as many as two World Championship uh, training camps uh, here. But um, if I look blue in the face to you, uh, I mean, it's because the restaurant that we, we always got went and had breakfast to a lovely French restaurant. I also wanted to take my wife and... It's not French. It's just French. It, it is. A, I mean, that, that's an ongoing debate, exactly. If it's just French by name or they try to be French, but... According to Luang, they are not. But um, I have mapped out everything, so we were going there this morning. But I had actually moved the restaurant uh, one kilometer. So I I basically had to run with my five-year-old kid on my back, who is as heavily built as me. And now I have, you know, both high pulse and, uh, and back pains. But I, and the, the podcast was delayed, so I feel a bit guilty about that. So it's been a strange morning in that sense. But, but overall, great. We had the Christmas celebrations. We had uh, my, five, my kid turned five. We had the... Wedding anniversary, everything is crowded here around New Year, Christmas and New Year for me, but um, basically it's over now. And, uh, well, of course, um, I cannot hide that I'm very happy about some chess results. Uh, Magnus won both events, sorry for the spoilers. And, um, well, it means something to me that he, he gets this experience um, before he's going to, you know, give up his his, uh, his main title. So, yeah, I'm basically just happy and the New Year is, is coming. Beautiful. I saw you did a... Highly staged blitz video with your with your wife for your anniversary. Are yeah. you finally becoming an influencer? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know even know what the term influencer means. But it's true that uh, well, we actually have we have done these chess videos before, and it's the only day of the year we try to play a blitz match, uh, a number of games, depending on how many years we've been married. And it ended four and a half, four and a half, and, and twice I took a two game lead, and I basically realized that. Uh, I can just trash her with modern theory, but when I try not to just play normal moves, I actually start losing. So when I allow the Dutch, I lose. When I, you know, play the scimitars with black and modern theory, I win. So so we had a bit smash like that. But perhaps also, I mean, with history being any guide, uh, beating your wife create kind of internal problems. So I think an equal match is not too bad. Yeah. So let's let's. Um put uh, Jan in a good mood. We discussed already of, about this French restaurant, uh, Appetit, which is not a French restaurant because with our friend Benoit, which we oh, met in, in Palanga. Ooh, you have a French restaurant So we discussed that. It was immediately uh, Jan's uh, best friend in Palanga, uh, actually, uh, this guy Benoit. And this Appetit is uh, as only a French name, but it has nothing to do with France. Maybe not everybody knows Palanga, but it's a small uh, Lithuanian seaside yeah. uh, town and uh, maybe only 5,000 inhabitants. But of course, during tourist seasons, which is a couple of months, it booms and there is a bunch of restaurants. And uh, well, the first camp, we took Laurent to this, uh, he calls fake fr French restaurant. But for the second one, there was a new one that's open, and that was a very good French restaurant, according to you. Right? I, 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 I was very afraid that you, you, will, you will bring up this uh, story uh, which uh, made it even to the very famous in the Carlsen uh, family, this uh, nude beach uh, ah. story where, where to go 
uh, to Peter's place. Actually, you have to go. You can go through the beach, and at some point, uh, there is. Uh, <laughs> you cannot. I mean, there is a nude beach, so you have to. Um, well, uh, yeah, few options, but yeah. Just a little note for the listeners: if you're as a man ever walking on a female nude beach, maybe it's not a good idea. To say this is disgusting. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Okay, what 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 do you, what, what do you want me to do? You are just there with me. I cannot go and dance. There are many because... witnesses about your behavior on that beach. Yeah, just walk quickly and try not to disturb the locals. <laughs> uh, that will be fine. I, 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 it's what I did. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay. Uh, op- <laughs> op- opinions differ. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, you, you have you have a good story there, uh, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Palanga was, uh, the first one was nice. The second one was the, terrible, but the weather was terrible cinema. and everybody was sick, which was, of course, yeah. Laurent's fault. He brought, <laughs> he brought so. the flu, and so we all suffered there for two weeks. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, actually, that's, uh, that's perfectly true, yeah. Anyway, Laurent, this was uh, my life. How has your life been since the last we spoke? Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I'm sitting in Paris. I did some French commentaries. It's been a while. So I was very happy to share with my uh, with a few French fans, French fans uh, I have who are and uh, are watching me uh, during the, the the live stream of World Up and Blitz, and I I will see that later. But this World Up and Blitz, I don't know. Uh, it feels, you know, we saw a lot of um, uh, rapid games and blitz games online, <laughs> but when you see the people and. Uh, when you see the people who are playing live, I don't know. It's such such a different feeling. It was so exciting. So I enjoyed. Uh, I'm incredibly tired because it's tough to stream every day, especially I'm producing and uh, most most of the time I'm alone. So it's it's kind of tough because it's long days. But uh, I enjoyed uh, that uh, really a lot. No, only regret that the Frenchies didn't do. Uh, of course, when I'm doing the French shows. I'm definitely rooting 99% for, for the for the Frenchies. But of course, uh, watching Magnus uh, was amazing. And I'm also um, very, very happy for him. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been great. Simply. Beautiful. I did commentary with our boy Leiko in English. It was fun. It's such a nice event to watch. And Leiko is so passionate. Sometimes he kills... The cynic in me, and I just roll with it and uh, enjoy what an incredible player everybody is. I don't always get there, but it's it's fun to do it with them. <laughs> but yeah, long days. Like uh, one day, I was also doing these game of the days. We did commentary for I don't know seven eight hours, <laughs> and then you you do the video. It's a, it's a hard knock life we're living in. Yeah, very I fun. saw you are you are doing the game of the day. I was very impressed. I mean, it it came in my suggestion on YouTube. I was amazed by the <laughs> I mean such a clever uh <laughs> such a clever uh this is YouTube. I mean they put such a clever, you know, research uh, stuff that it comes naturally. What are your YouTube suggestions? Nakamura, Botes, <laughs> Foie Gras in Paris, what else shows up there? And Jan Gustafsson, apparently. <laughs> wow. Uh game of the day, uh maybe with uh, with Magnus or now I have in front of me actually uh, you thumbnail with uh, Giri and Carlsen, so I guess you did the, the Giri Carlsen game, which was one of the yes. most uh, uh, surprising. Actually, it was really a, a nice uh, concept by by Magnus for people who are watching live. 
to be dead uh, lost and then <laughs> have have Anish Blunder. No, I mean then these two bishops, you know, which looks nice and so so so, so light square bishop for people who who will watch your game of the day. The light square bi- uh, bishop is completely locked up, which uh, took me like uh, a couple of minutes to understand the the whole concept. And Magnus played it very very quickly. Of course, his opening was cap, uh, but what can you expect when you are playing the French? Fantastic. You're, insul- you're installing his second right now, or just? Uh... Uh, no, because uh, well, he likes to, as we know. I mean, he likes to. He likes to change, and especially in this rapid and blitz. But we'll come to it later when uh, he's playing his uh, main weapons. He's already. Uh, uh, it looks better, let's say, from start to finish, in my opinion. All right, then let's maybe get into the tournament because we're already talking about the World Grappling Blitz Championship. Always takes place between Christmas and New Year from the twenty sixth. Till the 30th, they play three days of rapid chess and then two days of blitz chess. And there are two world champion titles at stake. Most of the best players travel to Almaty in Kazakhstan. Some were absent, mainly Ali Reza, who we don't know if he's retired or not. We can talk about that later. Okay, you, there is Ali Reza, there is Wesleso, there is Levan Aronian. I mean, few didn't go Ding. there. Uh, uh, Ding, Ding as well, but Ding, uh, we don't know if he... Okay, Yu Yongi was there, so I guess there is a way to make it. Uh, Tang Zhongi won actually the, the, the rapid event as well, but maybe it's... Uh, uh, I don't know how complicated it is. Uh, it's very difficult to say from uh, from an European perspective uh, to a Chinese uh, perspective. I mean, it's... We don't know uh, how tough it is, if it's really a decision from Ding or not. Maybe we can find out for next episode. Laurent can use his Chinese connections and update us. But most of the stars were in action. Magnus Carlsen were there. Were there? Was there? Any other stars out there? Maxime Achille Graf, the, uh, the French reigning world blitz champion. Up to Satorov, the reigning world rapid champion. From German perspective, of course. Keimer, Fabi showed up, Dubov, Erigaisi. It's just a tremendous event to watch. Also, it's so deep. Like you scroll down to board 50 and you have two extremely strong 2650 players playing each other. So there are no real breaks for the players, which makes it more impressive that guys like Magnus, well, in particular Magnus, they can just, yeah, dominate these fields. I mean, that's, I guess, what we have to talk about. Actually, not. Two, two other players were, were missing, and I was uh, surprised about that. It's not yet uh, top players, but I would say I was very surprised, Gukesh and uh, Pagananda, uh, because we saw a lot of uh, Indian kids, of course, who are all uh, very impressed, and uh, Pagananda, considering his, uh, his skills in online um, blitz or rapid or whatever, is so impressive that you would expect him to, to, to show up and uh, make a good result. And same goes for Gukesh, who is a bit more uh, specialized in uh, in classical chess. But still, I mean, I would expect them to, to do well. Well, they are both playing in Weigensee, right? Yeah. I Maybe they're taking that very seriously and preparing hard also. It becomes a lot of logistics uh, going to Almaty, back to India, then to, to Weigensee. Maybe they're afraid of 
jet lag and tiredness and all this kind of stuff. I generally agree with you, but I'm just trying to come up with an explanation. But it's, it's 16 and 18 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-week break. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get your point. It could just be that they're actually focused on this upcoming challenge. It's just a, well, I'm trying to suggest a, yeah. Yeah, no, a, I mean, it's, a, a, a possible reason. I would like to praise sort of the, the World Rapid and Beach Championship. It's basically an event that has grown a lot uh, in, in prestige in recent years. I think, well, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was seen as, well, you know, like an event you could play, but no one really took it that seriously. Now it's seen as a very serious title, and you can see that many of the absolute strongest players, of course, uh, Magnus, I mean, it's a very, very major event for them. It's something that really matters. And it's become an incredibly cool uh, event, in my opinion. And I think that's a rather new thing, and it's just been growing and growing in, in recent years. And uh, no, it's just uh, an awesome event. It's a, I fully agree with you, Peter. And I will be the first one. That will be the first to criticize Fide to take some of your uh, you know, uh, uh, main uh, hobby in life, uh, Peter. Uh, I mean, the, the co live coverage, uh, I mean, this camera feeds, uh, I mean, they should do better. It's such a nice event with such a big price fund. I mean, it's not good. Uh, it's not good. Uh, the internet broke down. Um, you don't know if the camera is working. You know, I was uh, trying to make the camera work and it was on, not only for me, it was the official website. I guess you had the same kind of problems with the PGNs as well, Jan, when you were commentating. I mean, it was, it was a mess. Uh, simply. I'm surprised that the camera feed is your criticism because I thought we got an amazing amount of footage like from different live games and from inside the playing hall what bothered me um, but yeah, it's always hard to say from afar what it's about was the way the okay, it's getting technical but the live games were being transmitted it was very hard to have an overview of the files and sometimes it was confusing but with such a big event overall I was I was happy also with the camera feed and how much you could see from the from the atmosphere there. So I thought they did a good job there on the PGNs. There were some problems, which in general I think might become a debate. I saw some tweet by maybe Gotham Chess that Tech needs a chess revolution. That's so hard to follow over the board blitz games, the way they're transmitted. But overall, I had a great time like watching them. And uh, we usually got the camera for the game we were trying to watch. And then it even switches to the last game running. You usually get it. I mean, but they were not... I mean, you should have a guy who is uh, going around. I mean, okay, it was not... But you tell the guy who's going around. Yeah, but it was not... You didn't know what's uh, coming the French games? That's your criticism? No, <laughs> but uh, no, but sometimes it was just uh, too slow. And you have only... I mean, like, I don't know. It should be more, more uh, smooth. Uh, I would say, and it didn't feel uh, very smooth to me. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm, maybe I'm just a bad producer. Uh, I don't know. I think that everyone complained. At some point, the internet broke down. I mean, okay, you should have a backup. The internet went down in the whole stadium. They were playing, and there must have been massive panic for everybody. Somehow we got to keep keep the games. Maybe some producer uses uh, local, local data there. I don't know. But the internet was out for half an hour and was back up. Shop. Yeah, so you should have some kind of backup, I guess. Yeah, I guess also when you have so many games, it's uh, well, you're making it problematic for yourself. You could argue that um, perhaps uh, 200 players is, is, is too, too much to keep it smooth, but that's a trade off. It's also a charm that there is so many. Of course, you could have uh, a 30 player all, all play all with qualifications for, for a certain amount of spots. There's many things to do, but well. I think when you have, uh, well, I think it was this one was 178 players, right? It's going to be difficult to keep uh, 
all kind of coverage working. Generally, I thought it was uh, quite okay, but to be honest, I mean, I'm mainly following uh, Mac News. I'm not really listening to commentary and these kind of things, so I just follow uh, a, a computer site which, which gives his games and try to pay attention to that, so you know it much better than me. But um, it's a huge event. I was doing commentary and watching Laurent's commentary at the same time. It was challenging, but yeah. worth it. <laughs> worth it, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> So you're quickly stealing his jokes in French and translating them to English, or how it works? I would, but <laughs> yeah. not much there. No. <laughs> no, no. Allez, 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 yeah, yeah. allez, Jules, allez, yeah. Jules. Yeah, he did well at, at some. Point. I mean, you know what they did to us? That was really, uh, I mean, close to to being a crime. Uh, the first blitz, he was he was doing well. He was tense after the first day. Mm -hmm. And then he had to play uh, Duda, and they, they put the wrong PGN, actually. And we thought he won the game. And actually, so we are following live, and we he was white, and actually it was the wrong game, which we uh, learned about uh, that five minutes after the end of the game. So we thought he won, and actually he <laughs> lost the game. So we no. were just... I, I was following just the wrong game, you know, uh, because this PGN was... Uh, was bad. So of course I was uh, starting, uh, you know, signing uh, 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 that we should replay uh, the World Blitz, like we should replay the World Cup Finals. Uh, maybe you heard about that. There's some two hundred thousand people who signed a letter that we should replay the, um, <laughs> really? the World Cup Final because yeah, the referee was really, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> lousy. Um, so yeah. Um, um, no, but that, that was that was of course very enjoyable. So maybe we can uh, talk about the result. Yeah, I thought we should. That. You might have more complaints before we, we get into it. <laughs> we, we got time. Uh, no, 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 no. I enjoy. No, I, I enjoyed a lot. But I feel that the level of um, coverage should be better. Um, that's my, and I don't feel they are improving. So that's 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 my problem actually. I don't think Fide is improving on that. Uh, they are not learning, so that's a big uh, issue for me. I mean, at least you, sh you should improve. You should go on the right direction, and uh, nothing is really um, changing much. All right, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's move to to the tournament, the World Rapid Championship. Thirteen rounds played over three days. Maybe it doesn't sound so much. Fifteen minutes plus ten seconds. But it looks like an incredibly grueling tournament to play five games against top opposition, then also prepare you of these breaks. It seemed extremely tough. Of course, Magnus Carlsen going into it was the favorite. I'm not even sure who would be considered the second favorite. Nakamura was there, obviously, in Blitz. Magnus and Nakamura are the big favorites. Did you consider him a favorite in Rapid as well? I wasn't quite sure. I, I was also, I didn't really know, and as it turned out, obviously not. Um, but uh, before the event, I thought he was probably the, the you know, number two. I mean, that, that obviously changed during. But, well, I mean, no, Magnus is by far the favorite compared to anyone else. But of course, against the field, uh, you never know. Someone will have a good event, someone will have a fluke event. These kind of things uh, is always there. But uh, it was a bit unclear to me who was number number two indeed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, very hard to say. I mean, many, many people can win. We didn't name uh, Duda, but uh, Duda can definitely uh, have a very good event, win a lot, bunch of games, because it, with his style, he's so aggressive that uh, always taking his chances, you know, always pushing it, so he can he can do it. The def defending champion, 
up to Satarov as well. There is yeah, Dubov also was what Dubov champion at the previous one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's like of course. I mean, especially in rapid, there is no doubt that Magnus is the best player in the world. But uh, you actually have to perform better than your level, even if you're Magnus to win an event like this. Is my impression. Eric Gazy, I mean, why not? Eric Gazy is doing very well in this championship tour. No fear as well. From I'm very impressed. The opponent chip, chess. Yeah, no, but also no, not to chicken by any means. I mean, like uh, he's over pushing. I mean, clearly all the time. Uh, Eric Gazy a bit like Kawana as well. Who knows? Uh, Kawana can win a tournament like that because he's well prepared. Uh, he looks motivated and he's pushing his luck all the time. Trying to win every single game, even if objectively speaking, it should take a draw. Uh, so th these people they can definitely uh, have a good run and, and win the, the whole thing. Still, right. in, in the rapid event, it seemed like Magnus was reasonably in control throughout the event, right? Or you disagree? I mean, this game, this game against Artemiev, almost uh, that was a shocker. He played very well. He was in uh, full control. And then he got this game against Artemiev where Artemiev was clearly uh, clearly not very ambitious in the opening, but this is normal. And then uh, he had 10 minutes extra on the clock and Artemiev was just trying to make a draw. And this blunder, this 94 for people who, uh, who saw the game uh, live. So 94, if you would show the position to Magnus and uh, ask him to find a winning move for White, it would take him one second. Maybe less, but uh, he just played this 94, which was a massive blunder. And uh, very, um, it was very unlucky uh, that there's no way even to, to, put, to put up a small fight after this blunder. So sometimes, you know, you blunder and you're a bit lucky. So there's still you are worse, but there's still a fight. But there, it was just um, an instant uh, resign. Uh, I mean, well, that was round number 11. Going into that round, yeah. Carlson had scored eight and a half out of 10. I think he won his first four games, including fantastic game against Abdus Satorov, where he played 1b3, channeled his inner Robert James Fisher, and went for a famous plan where White has castled kingside. And then you go pawn to g4, trying to attack on the kingside. Peter, this 1b3, was that a big part of the strategy? Because he played it a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, idiotic things doesn't happen by coincidence, right? So it was some part of strategy indeed, and you saw he played it uh, quite often. And I think also, you know, I think, didn't he give an interview at some point when he said, if you have to play better openings, you need to be well prepared. But, um, I mean, no, he played very well in that uh, game. I mean, and, well, I think at that point, he was playing up to Satorov, and they have both played incredibly well. And uh, especially maybe the first and the second day, after Sasotorov actually seemed very impressive. Even after having lost to Magnus, he kept winning games and he seemed like, you know, a serious competitor. Then somehow he fell back. But in the beginning, it looked really like after Sasotorov is incredibly tough in, in rapid. And he was uh, maybe winning games more impressively than Magnus and uh, then he lost, but he kept winning all kinds of other games. But then suddenly something seemed to, to, to go wrong for him. But uh, you're right that this game with Abdus Satorov is going to be a, a, a classic because, uh, well, as you said, he copied uh, the Fischer concept. He played like uh, 
well, some kind of, I don't know, headshot or Sicilian structure. He played G4 and he built an incredible attack. And uh, while Magnus could have won perhaps even more beautiful, it ended up in a in an amazing game. And uh, no, that they are able to play like that uh, in, a, in a rapid game is just very impressive. I mean, this is very, very high-level chess as far as I saw it and very entertaining. Sure. One tough game for Magnus was the one after that with Black against Arjun Erigaisi who also looked tremendously strong at the beginning, one of the newcomers of the year, of course, and really put a lot of pressure. But Magnus didn't give anything easy there. Defended very well, and I think even surviving that game, the last game of the first day, mm-hmm. must have given him a bit of a boost. He had four and a half out of five, then got paired with Jorn, whom he crushed. Jorn had a great start, but collapsed yeah. our friend Jorn van Forest. And yeah, it looked like everything was completely under control. Also in round 10, A big, big game for me and the German fans, of course, because 18-year-old German Vincent Keimer in his first World Rapid Championship turned out maybe to be the main rival for Magnus in this event down the stretch. They faced each other in round number 10. I think it was round number 10. And Magnus, yeah, basically out outplayed, outclassed him, also got in some. He played a series opening, the Catalan. Got in some nice, I'm not sure if prepped, but some nice idea that took Keimer a bit off guard. And that turned out to be the decisive game of the tournament. I will, I will uh, praise your, your countryman, uh, Keimer. Very, very impressed by Keimer. Uh, mm-hmm. In this rapid, that was amazing how he, he outplayed. Uh, he almost got to, to Tywax uh, against uh, Magnus. He, he was, of course, I was closely uh, following because in the last round, uh, he played against MVL, uh, which he just outplayed uh, uh, as Black. Uh, well, fairly uh, easily played some incredible move, King F8, ninety. I mean, like everything for a win, everything was perfect, but still, I mean, these guys uh, like Maxim, they are so tough to to beat that he, he was creating problems and he missed a win uh, towards the end, came out, but okay, it was just very, very difficult, but he played so well in that game. He just outclassed uh, Maxim, actually. And that is kind of <laughs> very impressive, Maxim being a top 10 player for for now, something like 10 years. So the game that stuck to your mind was he drew a French player with the black pieces. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. one that stood out. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the game I from him I followed so, so most closely, and I was watching and uh, it was the end of the day, so I was a bit tired. So I said to people, okay, I will turn on the, the engine and show what you got to do. And uh, then I was analyzing with the engine and every time uh, Kamer was coming up with uh, the right solution, uh, which I was uh, figuring out, f- figuring out uh, with the engine. So, I mean, at some point I said, this guy is really, really good if he does that. And then he does that. And then two moves later, oh, this guy is amazing if he does that. And again, he did that. So, I mean, that was just super impressive. Really. I, th- I think Kamo is just good, is the impression you get. He was I just incredibly uh, good. Very, I want to add something to what, what Jan said also that... Um, I think people underestimate how tough these uh, events are. I mean, a day of playing, let's say five or four rapid games, but that's like five, six hours of playing, including waiting, and you have to be extremely focused. I think it's it's much more tiring than a, a normal classical game. I mean, that these people manage this is is, is impressive. And, um, well, generally, I would be very critical of players uh, making some quick draws. But uh, you saw it both in Rapid and especially in Blitz. But it seems to be a decent uh, energy conservation strategy. I think people underestimate how tough these events actually are for the players to play at this level. 
Yes, the main the main point uh, of what you say you are absolutely right that you are, you have this. Uh, Timetable in every game, so you have yeah. this tension, you know, at the end mm -hmm. of the game in every game. So this is uh, just uh, much, much, much more tension than in a, in a classical game where generally you have one or two critical moments where you know uh, you have to make uh, at at best, I mean, uh, maximum um, where you have to make critical decisions. But there, it's basically. Uh, Uh, in every game, you will have you will end up in uh, in some time table, and there is 10 seconds per move, and it keeps going. So yeah, for the nerves, uh, it's just uh, I play I played actually uh, many of them, and for the I finished. So you you know after five days you are just so tired, it's just so difficult, and you are so frustrated as well because you are. I mean, if you talk to people in the playing hall, everybody missed uh, chances, and that's true actually. Uh, everybody is complaining about his missed chances because uh, everyone is missing chances, that's for sure. And uh, so the frustration as well is uh, very hard to deal with. Uh, we saw, you, you talked about quick draws. I was, I don't know, Daniel Dubov. He has this uh, habit of uh, making some quick draws uh, towards the end. So I don't know, uh, because he's not the kind of guy who is scared or... But sometimes... Before we get to that, maybe let's finish up on yeah. Carlsen and Keimer. Keimer, as we mentioned, amazing event. If we look at his final, what is it, eight, nine games? So he draws Dubov, beats Caruana, beats Yu Yang-Hi, beats Erigaisi, draws Fedoseyev, loses to Magnus, beats Nepomneshi, beats Vidit, and then he draws MVL with Black in the last round, coming super close to winning so, yeah, I'm obviously biased as a German chess fan, but for an 18-year-old in his first World Rapid, that's some serious business. And also, it didn't feel like it was especially unjust. As no, it wasn't a fluke. No, no, it's no, just, I mean, just outplayed it. You know, of course, there might have been a good bounce here and there, but he seemed like uh, he might be the better player in some of the events you, uh, games you're mentioning against uh, top-notch players, right? So, no. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's the better player, but with White against Nepomneshi, he plays whatever, Knight of 3, E3, C4, just looking for a battle, keeping yeah. attention, and then outplaying him, which, first of all, yeah. not many people can do, and also the mindset to, to just do that. No, exactly. He was not trying to, he was not sort of trying to exploit that these guys were trying to beat him. I mean, he was trying to beat them as well, and he was just being competitive and successful. No, it was, uh, was very, very impressive. There is no, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I might dislike that he's, he's, he's German just to, to annoy you, but, uh, no, I mean, he was, uh, very, very impressive. And, uh, I mean, it was fully deserved that he took, uh, silver and, uh, it would have been reasonable that he got a playoff with Magnus. Uh, I mean, He was uh, he was completely winning. Or he was winning in the last game, and just um, I mean, it was a he had to find the right technical move at some point with little time, and he didn't, and that was it. Yeah. No. Overall, an amazing performance. So yeah, I think he can be very proud of what he did there. Extremely. But back to the world champion, the still classical world champion, Magnus Carlsen, hunting his second crown in the rapid. So Magnus also tremendous start. If we look at the results. Beats Terasakian, beats Eric Hansen, beats Tomaszewski, beats Abdus Satorov, draws Eric Aisi, beats Jordan, draws Fedoseyev, draws Dubov, beats Kuparadze, beats Keimer. As we said, Keimer's list of opponents sounds more impressive than Magnus. <laughs> um, then, what Laurent mentioned, he blunders a piece against Artemiev, and all of a sudden, I think people were maybe catching him or coming yeah, in yeah. half a point. I think it, it was tight. And it got tricky because then he was 
facing Fabi. Was a bit of a shaky game where Magnus with White, I think he tried to stabilize a bit, tried to simplify, get under some pressure. But then to his credit, and it seems like that's also what separates him from the others, he didn't collapse, but he found some mental strength to draw that game, play some very precise moves, and hung in there. And in the last round, he got, I don't know if he got lucky with the pairings or lucky with the openings. Peter, how was it from your perspective? He's white against Masud Lu, and he should probably go for a win. How do you approach that? Well, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, he he gets a good pairing in terms of that. Uh, well, he get, he. I think it was not a given he would get wide in the last round, right? Uh, exactly. He got back to back whites. I didn't mean to say Masud Lu is weak, but yeah, to get white in the game is not obvious. You don't get any weak players at that point in the tournament, but of course, well, Magnus has played everybody in the top, so you get someone a bit, a little bit down in the field typically. Um, well, what impressed me was basically that Magnus. Well, after 10 rounds, having beaten Kamer, it looked like, well, this tournament is over. I forgot if he's leading by half or even a full point. And, a full uh, point, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine this goes wrong. I mean, if he, you know, makes three draws, it should probably be enough as a minimum for a playoff. And uh, it seemed like he would cruise. And then this uh, extremely stupid accident comes and you think, okay, this is actually going to not go the way we, we hope for. And uh, as you said, there was critical moments with, with, uh, with Caruana. But then, I mean... Well, in both the events, it's a bit the same story that, I mean, he has some quite weak moments and then he managed to pull himself together and actually perform extremely well when it really, really mattered in the end. And of course, it takes a bit of luck, but it also takes a lot of, uh, you know, mental ability not to tilt and also, of course, chess skills. And uh, well, I think the last round, you of course, you can argue that Max Sotlo plays a risky Sicilian, but uh, that's perhaps not Magnus's ballpark with White, but he basically plays a, a model game in a Victor Rausa Sicilian. He builds up an attack and uh, and crushes him in a kingside, sacrifices a piece, and that, that's more or less it. So uh, well, that's very happy moments, obviously. Uh, now I forgot, forgot your question. I think that's the most impressive uh, with Magnus. In rapid and also in the blitz and in general, that you feel is so good that you feel that he can do even better. But uh, than what he does, uh, but he still wins uh, yeah. both events and is incredibly impressive. But you still feel that he has, as you said, uh, some 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 blunders, some weak moments, uh, some this game against Kawana, yeah, is suffering from from start uh, to finish. Uh, but yeah, is. Incredibly good, simply. In, much better than others. But he's very far from per perfection. In both events, yeah. you see him slipping up uh, uh, at times. And, uh, I mean, well, if I haven't checked the score of, of previous events, but sometimes he would feel more in control. Sometimes he you will feel that he's in flow, where the good moves are just coming. But it, And here it seemed to be a little bit more on a struggle. And he managed to win anyway, of course, it's... it's, it's uh, it's great for him, no, no doubt. But um, well, it came down to the last round in, in both events, and uh, normally you could argue, oh, it was such a big distance. Sometimes, well, both times he had the chance to break free, especially in the rapid. But um, I mean, even in the blitz, he was probably leading by one point with like three rounds to go as well, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but then he kept. Well, then he he blundered he against. Uh, but anyway, I'm I'm jumping ahead in in the in the things here. Yeah. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Keimer had a chance to catch him in the last round, didn't manage MVL, held that game, and Carlsen won the event outright with 10 out of 13, picking up rapid world champion title. But again, also to praise, praise Keimer, 
He didn't try to save in a medal. He was playing to become the world champion, even understanding that this risks uh, giving away a medal, which is, of okay. course, I mean, for Kamer being number two and getting silver after Magnus gives him a lot of publicity in, in Germany and in, in the chess world in general. But uh, my impression was that he was uh, well, he was saying, okay, I want to become the world champion. I'm, I'm trying to win this game, right? Uh, so yeah. it's, I think he's trying to win every game, but yeah. he's also not going too crazy. He played E4, E5, played the main line, and if it's a draw, it's a draw, but yeah, he's just... Yeah, yeah but he tries to play play chess generally. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Fabian Carana, also a good chess player, finishes in third place, also on nine and a half out of 13, half a point behind Magnus. Overall, just a good, stable performance by Fabi. Didn't have the best start, I think. Yeah, he started with, what is it, three and a half out of six, lost to Keimer in round six, but then just started crushing everybody, finished on seven out of eight, whatever it is. Yeah, Fabi's good at chess. Fabi's also good at rapid chess and blitz chess. It's a debate we keep having. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think I think he once won a match against Nakamura. In <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah. but it's. I mean, you know, he seemed to give this guy some priority and did pretty well. I mean, it's not a. He could also end as number thirty, but it's not like a surprise that he gets a medal, right? I mean, you would name him as one of the contenders, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. In fourth place, our friend um, Daniel Dubov, former world rapid champion. Um, yeah, had a, had a good event. He's just an incredibly strong rapid player as well. But yeah, he had this tendency. I'm not sure. He just likes drawing his last games. I'm not sure if he ran out of steam there or if it's important for him to secure a, a high spot or if he just didn't like his positions. But it's, it's curious because he's so aggressive and fearless as well. And sometimes you just see, oh. Didn't he do this, the, the same thing last year in the last round yeah, was my impression that. that he could try to win the tournament and he just drew and took some prize instead. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yes, yeah, that's. Uh, it puzzles me. But no, it's fair enough, but yeah. it doesn't match his persona. So it's always no. surprising when it happens. No, he's unpredictable. It's also, I mean, that's yeah. also true. Yeah, yeah. And in fairness, in the last round in this event against Fedoseyev, I don't think he had a very good position when they agreed no. to draw. It looked like it was yeah, that's hard to make yeah. anything happen there. So maybe he came in. Yeah. With different intentions, but still, tremendous showing from Daniel in both events as well. He's just world class. He's part of time controls for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, what is uh, we see? Gazi was also um, he did. Yeah, he was fifth, play. also nine out of thirteen. But uh, amazing, and I, I feel his pairings. Uh, that's a problem with uh, the rating, the rapids rating, and the blitz rating, which are not yet. Uh, matching up with uh, the classical rating, and he got, uh, in general, I think he got really uh, very bad paying because. If you look at Eric Aisi's last, whatever it same is, same for Kamer game, as well. It's Rapport, Carlson, Fedoseev, Giri, Keimer, MVL, Artemiev, Grishuk, Nepomneshi, and Mamed Yarov. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's a problem. <laughs> and um, he scores 9 out of 13. It's some <laughs> sick stuff as well, actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a problem that it's not exactly fair when you have uh, uh, you don't play that much. He played a lot of online uh, rapid, and it's clear. I don't know what is uh, uh, rating rapid, but I see. I think I saw it on on two six twenty eight. Kymer is two five ninety. Obviously, this doesn't match their playing strength. Oh, the guys are 
I'm 26.85, just to uh, mention to people, but yeah, I feel... Am I right? I always thought you're 100 points better than Camus, maybe only like 60 better than <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, like, if I play a match with Camus of Egezi, uh, it would be like, I will be 2,500, they will be uh, 27.50 very, very quickly. So uh, there's something wrong with uh, the ratings. And uh, when you don't play, you just keep your rating. And uh, while well, these uh, guys, they don't, I don't know, it's not uh, well adjust, uh, adjusted. And and uh, it plays a role in the pairing. It's well adjusted. There's just not a lot of rapid events. And if you get one rapid rating for playing one event four years ago, and then you play another one. They are playing all the time online. It should count at some point. Yeah, uh, that's going to come. Well, what we should explain, I think, is also that, well, it's the, the Swiss system. So basically, you have, uh, yeah. you pool the players, so the higher rated plays the lower rated. And then it means that uh, if you're in the lower rated group, you just keep getting bounced against strong players. And there is some, it's difficult to solve it in a way. I mean, the idea is that like this, you sort out the weaker players. But if you actually are strong, but with a weak rating, I mean, you get into a very unreasonable situation. But uh, there has been attempts to solve it, but they tend to end up artificially and, and, and wrong. So maybe we just have to live with this in a way. But it, I mean, also when Jan mentioned the, the opponents of Kamer, I mean, well, you get the feeling he just gets bombarded with strong players. Yeah, right? exactly. and, and, and that's a bit, a bit unfair. So uh, I don't know. I mean, generally, well, the rating system should be better in rapid seems. I also checked my own... Uh, Rapid rating and it's twenty six sixty nine, which perhaps is a, a tad much, I would say. So you guys should play the World Rapid Championship. <laughs> you crush everybody with these ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get good pairings. Came Egazy. I really doubt it. I really doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. But um, no, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's a small uh, issue, uh, of course. And kudos to to especially I, I would say Kamer and Egazy who got all this. Uh, uh, incredibly tough uh, days uh, because it's also, I mean, you are playing these guys, but it's all the same day, basically. <laughs> so you just get, uh, well, uh, incredibly tough playing the, the whole day. And uh, well, they did, uh, they did so well. Uh, they were amazing. Mm -hmm. Before we move on to the Blitz, we should mention that Hikaru Nakamura in the Rapid never quite managed to get going. I think he didn't lose a game, but he only won two. Out of yeah. 13, which is also yeah, tough to, to imagine, drawing 11 of the games. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Naka, so I was watching his... Uh, he was making some summary uh, of, uh, of his days, and one day he made like five doors, and such a hater, in his thumbnail he puts the, the face of Giri. Uh, and uh, hating uh, draw party and face of Giri. So and that's then, the day where you, from becoming oof. a big fan, you became a super fan, yeah? You instantly <laughs> sent a donation. <laughs> no, no, I thought, uh, such <laughs> a hater, such a shame to do that. Uh, <laughs> no, I was really, I was shocked. But yeah, he made only those. Thanks for weighing in. Yeah, made a lot of draws, couldn't quite get going. But then the blitz started. So it's a new game. And there, on day one, it was different. Hikaru Nakamura destroying the field. Yeah, started with 10 out of 12. They both uh, uh, started very well with uh, Magnus, so they played very early, uh, which was uh, especially good, uh, I think, for Magnus, because he started very well, so he played all the top guys. And when I feel that in the second day, 
at some point he was not in his best uh, uh, he, he shape. He was me- mentioning that to the Norwegian press or maybe the ah, press okay. in general that uh, he was tired and was basically just trying to to, to survive. I mean, and, and I mean, could, that, but on the yeah. first day of Blitz, not there. It looked like he got very yeah, yeah. tired on mm-hmm. the stretch. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, but the second day he got easier pairings at some point. Uh, in a way, because he played all the top guys uh, no, the no. very first day, mm-hmm. so uh, it was it was easier in a way. And uh, Naka- Nakamura as well to an extent, but yes, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They, they both they both are, are the same, and um, yeah, it was very very favorable for. So a good start is very good because you play. There's twenty twenty one rounds in this in this British event. So at some point, if you stay at the top, you play all the guys from the top, and you you start picking up. People who are uh, weaker, let's say he played Shimanov uh, on round 20 or something with all uh, due respect to, to Shimanov. He's, of course, uh, a weaker Blitz player than Duda or Naka or, or Maxim yeah. or MVL or someone, someone like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing I found amazing on that first day while everybody was getting tired, which is very understandable after these three days of Rapid and then whatever, 10 games of Blitz, you watch Nakamura. He looks exactly like at the start of the day. He looks fresh, sharp, focused, spots tactics. He doesn't tire. How does he do it? But look at his streams. I know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same in his streams. For him, it's yeah. holidays to go to this World Rapid and Blitz. It's so easy for him because he can do uh, seven hours of streams, which are more, it's much, much tougher than this tournament. So he did 10 out of 12 undefeated and very, very impressive. Uh, ah. like I, I thought it was for him. I mean, to be to be fair, after the first day, he won this speed uh, ch- uh, chess championship against Magnus. I thought, he, I thought it was his, his year and that he would become the, the world's best champion. He looked completely unstoppable to me. On the first day, he looked like the strongest player. I mean, uh, yeah. he, was, uh, he was incredibly efficient. And uh, while perhaps Magnus plays better in the, in the earlier stage of the game, Naka seemed completely ruthless in the, in the latter stages of the game, right? And uh, he will be extremely practical. He will always have more time. As Jan says, he seems to have uh, unlimited energy. It was, I mean, the first day was incredibly impressive by Naka, and he fully deserved took a one point lead to to Magnus, who was uh, who was struggling. And well, it seemed clear that these two are by far the best uh, blitz players in the world. But at that point, on that day, it looked like Naka was the the better of the two. Yeah, Magnus didn't lose a game, but he was limping a bit for his standards. So the finish line started with, mm-hmm. I think, six and a half out of seven. But then he drew Hikaru, Fedosey, Mamadiarov. Dubov, Artemiev in a row. All these are great players. You can draw them, but it also yeah, really looked like he ran out of steam and was just trying to survive there, which he did. Once again, to his credit, he found found some resilience. And then on the on the second day, the tables turned a bit. I guess it's also much trickier mentally if you're being the the chased one by the pack. Nakamura was one point ahead of everybody. Then if you're one of the chasers. But to me, the key game maybe of the tournament, also one of the sickest blitz games I've ever seen, was the encounter between Magnus. I think he won his first game against Matthew Rossian. Then he faced Richard Rapport with the white pieces. Another great player, obviously. And that was such an insane game. Some crazy French. Magnus sacrifices a piece, is completely lost. Then he sacrifices an exchange. Then it's a mess. Then he's completely lost again. Then he sacrifices another piece. And then he's winning for a move, but misses it, is completely lost again. Then it's a race, he's lo- losing by a tempo. And then Rapport 
has a chance to win, but misses it. Then it's a perpetual. Then Rapport thinks he's winning by forcing a queen exchange, but blunders the last trick and Carlson wins the game. It's very hard to describe, but it was one of the biggest roller coasters and insanities I've oh, ever seen. The, the, la the last trick Magnus uh, sets and uh, Rapport falls in to is really beautiful, right? I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, Magnus must have seen it fr from quite a, uh, a, a distance. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't know. He's losing his queen in two moves when he sets up that trick. So, I'm not sure how much. <laughs> Come on. He didn't see it. I mean, the guy was checking. Uh, <laughs> Apot was checking Magnus all around. I mean, Magnus was basically trying to find a move which doesn't lose He's instantly. Trying to find a square where he doesn't lose instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the point. So, he was, it was Fair it enough. was a turning. I mean, I fully. I, that's the point I wanted to make. Uh, as well, I think it was a turning point. If Magnus loses that game, I really doubt. I can't see winning, winning that tournament. Yeah, if he okay. yeah well, so he's, he's running out of points, right? Who knows? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would have been rough. Yeah. No, then so. later on he lost to to Sahana, but that was a bit uh, a bit uh, different. So it uh, was a very weak 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 performance by Magnus. Actually, I mean, he just lost to Sahana in twenty three or twenty four moves, and basically got a dubious position out of the opening and then uh, put up very little resistance and made a... Then he actually... Sarana let him in the game and Magnus instead plays something that just loses him, uh, a piece immediately, more or less. It's, and I uh, think it's not only about the points uh, against uh, Rapport, it's also about... Uh, it, it cheers you up so much when you win yeah. such games. You feel... Mm -hmm. I mean, the luck is on my side and uh, so... Yeah, that was uh, really a turning point for Magnus Tournament. Uh, but of course, Naka did. I didn't follow much Naka in the second day, but he did. Uh... Maybe for Naka, it was not good that they went this over two days. I mean, well, we all see Naka as incredibly cool, and and so do I. But maybe he has some problems. Well, I wouldn't say with nerves, but well, remember also in the candidates, he needed a draw in the last round to be number two, which would have turned out to be incredibly valuable. But uh, he actually failed against Ding there, and. Uh, well, here again, he had an excellent situation, but somehow a clear lead and where he seemed to be playing incredibly well somehow seemed to fall apart from him on the last uh, last day. Um, I, I don't know. but uh, I think every day is so different in Blitz. Yeah, and yeah. If you catch some momentum, start the day well, mm -hmm. then I'm not sure we can attribute it to, to nerves, but who knows. No. The, for Nakamura, the day just didn't start well. He started with two draws against Rapport and Nepomnishi. Also, everybody... That was amazing. It's showing him so much respect in Blitz. Like these guys, Rapport and Pomnishi with White, they're just making 10 moves and trying to force a draw. Rapport is playing this forced Berlin draw. Nepomnishi offers a draw and move 15 in some other Berlin. But it somehow slowed him down that maybe he couldn't get the rhythm because guys were making quick draws. Then he lost to Artemiev and people started catching him or overtaking him. He won two games then, but also lost to Sarana, who... Sarana on the final day beat Carlson and Nakamura and scored something insane, like 10 out of 11 on the mm -hmm. row at some point. But yeah, he couldn't quite keep it up. And long story short, Magnus Carlson once again prevails, scores, what is it, 7 out of 9? Two losses, lost to Nipomnashi and wins his other seven games on this last day, also winning on demand in the last two rounds against Shimanov and Abdus Satorov. Wins another title. Congrats. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Some, uh, yeah, of course, Marty Rosian and Sarana for some of our viewers. It could be a surprise, but uh, they are so good online. Uh, actually, I played Sarana um, not so long ago online. I mean, I felt, uh, you know, I, I played, I'm used to play with, uh, uh, I used to play a lot with, with MVL or I used to play also some games with, with Magnus and with Sarana, I felt a bit... 
you know, also completely. I mean, I was crushed from the start to finish. Uh, so Martin Rosian also is very well known in this. Uh, he's playing this Chess.com event this title Tuesday. is very often in the in, in the top places. So this is not a big surprise because these people they are just uh, playing online and very successfully uh, this uh, blitz online. So yeah, overall, uh, so it's, it's really a blitz uh, specialist. Uh, but Magnus is just a chess specialist, so he's good at at everything. And uh, yeah, the, the last game as well against Abdul Satov, he managed to control his nerves, uh, played his uh, beloved uh, Spanish D3. He came back also to, to the classic stuff. He stopped this one B3, maybe because he was he felt that he was not in such a, a good shape. So as black and as white, he came back, you know, to this to what he. To his home ground, you know, this, uh, this basically Spanish and did very well. We should praise Just him class. for the last round. I mean, of course, he made it look easy, but um, there is a lot of stake, right? I mean, if he loses this game, he might uh, probably he still gets a medal, right? But uh, I mean, we're talking about either you get uh, free titles or, or, you, or you don't. I mean, it's a kind of historic uh, moment for him, and he managed to play a very, very good game where nerve seems to be no particular issue. You could also argue he could have tried to make a, force a quick draw and then uh, say at least he has a playoff, but uh, he doesn't do that. He understands that uh, well, he probably has an even better chance of uh, winning this game than uh, the playoff, so he tries to combine things. I mean, no, he is. I mean, I don't think his chess was his best these five days, but I mean, he's an incredible sports person. Yeah, it was impressive stuff. Of course, it it can always go differently against up to Satorov. He was also in trouble and low on the clock at some point. But as he said, being slightly better at chess tends yeah. to help over these long tournaments. Yeah, you know, it was just uh, pure class the last day. I remember this game against this IM. I don't know his name. I can't remember his name, but uh, I was following and it was some kind of very, very duly got outplayed in the opening. It was maybe slightly worse as white. Uh, one minute down on the clock. And then it was that end game where the guy put uh, all his pawns on the on the, on the same colors and his uh, remaining bishop, uh, and just it was then it was typical typical Magnus in the end game where just uh, Zugzang him here and there, uh, but uh, yeah it was not it was a key key game indeed it was yeah it was not smooth at all. Madaminov two uh, yeah. three thirty three but very Out impressive there. as well another tremendously Please. strong kid yeah specialist as well so um, yeah congrats what can we are say we, are we not going to praise Giri for actually coming forward oh, I was getting to it because oh, I think this is a topic that will be very close to Laurent's heart in particular <laughs> Laurent the last eight games of Giri draw against Hare Krishna draw against Zipomnashi draw against Artemiev draw against Sarin draw against Keimer draw against Karana and then he wins the last game against Yesipenko how do, you, how do you feel about it? No, I mean, Gui is a clever guy, so um, he understands. I saw him forcing a draw as white, I think, against Naka, or playing very, very cautious uh, as white, so he, he knows that he's good, he's very good in Blitz, but uh, he doesn't match uh, uh, Magnus or, or Naka. So he's doing it, you know, in a very uh, controlled uh, he's, you know, he has this tournament, uh, you know, strategy. And, uh, well, he's, 
It's not the answer I was expecting from you. No, no. no he's, like, he's, he's half a point behind the lead. He's facing Keimer in round 19 of 21 with the white pieces. He makes a quick drop. Should he push? Maybe he thinks that Keimer is uh, is better than him. Why are rules reversed here? Yeah, I, I, but I mean, it's not... Uh, I mean, it's uh, the, the mood also. I mean, he's going to the tournament thinking that he has no chance of winning it. The answer so is yes. It, it's difficult to, to adjust. Well, he did finish... Fourth, fourteen and a half out of twenty-one. So it was a very controlled effort. And one another key game, of course, was the game Geary versus Carlson earlier on in the event where, okay, it was a beautiful strategic cons- construction, but also Carlson was completely lost at some point. Um, where Geary just had an end game with the two bishops, extra pawn, and the initiative, and it all came down to one move where. If Giri plays c4, okay, it's hard to say, but I really doubt. Magnus holds the position, and instead he plays bishop to e2 back, and he allows his bishop to get trapped by black playing c4. Very interesting construction. You should check it out if you get a chance. Yeah. Game then, of the day. Okay. <clears throat> was game of the day. But yeah, that was a big turning point, and maybe Giri after that one, okay, must have really hurt because he had a chance to beat Magnus. Decided, okay, no more losses, and he didn't lose another game, but he didn't push his luck on the last day either. Which, yeah, is what we do in the Chicken Chess Club. Leads to stable results, but not too many victories. No, but he also, um, I mean, against Magnus, he tried to catch him in the opening. Uh, he knows that Magnus will play something uh, copy. Uh, so he's trying to refute, uh, well, which he managed. But then, yeah, I mean, what can we say? Uh, Magnus is just uh, a better, much better chess player and... Uh, Especially at Blitz, it's even bigger, I think, the, the, the difference. Uh, so Okay, but the position of white plays c4 instead of bishop e2, like, uh, what does Giri score there? Uh, yeah, Magnus. I can, I can no. tell you, uh, t- I mean, like, I can show you, like, uh, 100 games uh, which I played against Magnus. If I would have played that, I could have won. But yeah, uh, I mean, that's Blitz. So you are blending. Yeah, it's a huge, but I mean, Jan is pointing out to a huge strategic turning point for both as well. I'm saying. It's a huge strategic uh, blunder, and it's surprising how quickly a position changes. But it's basically, is the bishop is inside or outside? I mean, well, the funny thing is, we talk about bishop pair in both instances, but uh, the first instance, if you play c4, then uh, white has a completely dominating pair of bishops. And just because of one calm mistake, uh, the bishop pair becomes a huge uh, minus. No, it's a very interesting strategic position. Yeah, it's a, it's a good educational moment, yeah, yeah. no matter what the, the sparring result here was. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, Giri tries to, you know, cautiously put his bishop back, and it's, uh, well, it's a surprisingly big uh, strategic mistake, and it takes a while to realize how bad yeah. it is. And Magnus, well, to be fair, I mean, Magnus also very well evaluated that even uh, Geary could win a, a pawn that makes, well, it looks like White gets a, a dangerous pass pawn, but Magnus King is in time. And, uh, no, I mean, Magnus is impressive to adjusting from being in a horrible strategic position to actually playing for a win uh, seconds afterwards. You have to give him credit for that, and he found some he, good he's moves. He's used to that. Yeah, he's, he, he's used to, I mean, <laughs> no, well, we can laugh, but Magnus is extremely good at playing bad positions. I mean, it comes with experience, I guess. But, yeah. No, no, for sure, for sure. He's extremely resilient, and he knows that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. a mistake might come, and he's taking his chances because uh, he has no doubt they, they will come at some point, and <laughs> of course he's... Also, maybe Jan is, right. getting, is getting tired of praising Kama, but uh, he also got pretty close. I think he was... Uh, Completely outplaying Nakamura in the, in in the penultimate round, 
but ended up losing, right? Had he won that game, he could maybe have uh, had two medals instead of just just one, which was already a school for him. But uh, again, he gave the impression of uh, just being a strong, strong uh, rapid and blitz player. He just seems to belong, yeah. In the end, yeah. he finished 13th, which I guess at this point is not even anything special for him, but just no. that he can play with everybody in these events, also back-to-back, is very, very impressive. <clears throat> and so the resilience as well, he still won. His last round game after losing to, to Nakamura. No, good stuff once again. And once again, Magnus Carlsen being being the end boss for, for Vincent, where he doesn't seem to have a chance yet every, every other game. He's very much in there. Either standouts, our friend Dubov once again in, in the pack, finished sixth, shared for fourth. Also in the blitz, he slowed down near the end to making a bunch of of quick draws. Any any other observations? Any stars? Anything that stood out for you? Not really. Duda, I mean, I like... I I, I, lo- I, w- I was watching a lot of uh, Duda's games. And, uh, well, he lost he lost the last game by... Um, against... Uh, I think it was against Martirosian or Sarana. Uh, one of the two. Um, but, yeah, he's taking... It's such a pleasure to, to watch his games. I mean, I was saying... I was just... Going to his games, I mean, of course, you you watch Magnus games, but when Magnus would finish, I would go immediately to to do that because it's such a it's such a style. I would love to to be able to play like that. I mean, <laughs> just pushing and pushing and pushing, and uh, well, very interesting player to 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 watch out. So kudos to him because uh, he's making the show. These are you guys, Jules Moussard, twenty fifth place was was up there for. Yeah. For a bit, but couldn't quite stick around. He beat Fabi. Uh, he beat some uh, very good uh, players at at some point, five and a half out of six. Uh, in the first day, uh, I mean, like, he started poorly and then scored five and a half out of six against very, very strong and masters. So Jules, Jules I know, is a um, very strong blitz, players, uh, blitz player. Even uh, he beat MVL in, uh, on chess. We organized that match, uh, bullet match for one hour against MVL and he won against him so that tells quite a lot uh, so very talented but not yet there it was his first uh, tournament and uh, um, yeah okay you need also a bit of, of luck and uh, Maxime Vachelagrave who was the defending uh, World's Beach champion ne- never never managed to to get uh, things going um, so of course disappointment for, for France yeah sorry all right, we're an hour in already. There are some other brief issues we have to address about the event, the dress code. Day number two, was it, of the Blitz? I can't remember which day. But Yannick Pomnushi shows up in a T-shirt, in a messy T-shirt. Um, not, not a messy T-shirt, but a, like a, a Leo Messi T-shirt. Yeah, Bobo. And Magnus Carlsen shows up in a hoodie. That's not the dress code. No, but for a change, I thought Nepo did a, a, good, a good choice for his... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not for the first time I see Nepo having, uh, wearing a nice shirt, a nice T-shirt. As generally, he comes uh, uh, in, in much worse. Uh, I mean, he doesn't like to, to, to dress well somehow. Um, even during the match, it was not uh, very impressive. But that one was funny, at least. So it's a pity they, they complained. They complained to him. I saw some some conversations. They complained to him at the at the very moment where I chose a nice T-shirt. 
That's what I get. So you think the dress code should be the t-shirts you like are fine? If you yeah. think the slogan is funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah I think I have better taste than average people in Fide. Oh, that's well, my that's yeah. my take. Well, my take is that well, if you make rules, you also have to follow them. I mean, the the, the rule states clearly that uh, the dress code has to be strictly followed. And well, if I was playing and was forced to play in a suit or whatever, I would expect that others also have to do it as well. I think also. Well, in Blitz, I would actually think that playing in a suit is uh, is a bit uncomfortable. I mean, well, for instance, playing golf in a suit would be ridiculous. You have to swing your arms, and so yes. do you have to do it in, the, in 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 Blitz, actually. So can you play? I think, uh, I think you should start playing golf. In yeah, suit. yeah. I think <laughs> actually, yeah, I I will try that. I, it's a good good idea. Do we play correspondence chess in a suit? No, but uh, I mean. Well, we can talk about correspondence chess no, no, later. No, no, if you no, feel. no, 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 no. But no. well, I think the main problem here is that well, if there is some rules, either the, I mean, well, everybody knows I'm I'm against the, the the dress code rules as they are. But if they are there, they should also be obeyed, else you give a disadvantage to those who actually follow follow them. So, um, I mean, well, you know, but I, I well, they were they did change after the first round, but it sent. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mixed message that the world champion and the vice world champion. They show up wherever they want for the first <laughs> game. And everybody else is wearing yeah, yeah. Actually, just Magnus, so, so, so what happened? He just woke up uh, before the... He was late for the first game, 2 minutes 30. So also it's a bit lucky to be to be late for 2 minutes 30 and not 3 minutes 30, you know. <laughs> it could have been easily uh, uh, one extra minute. So And he comes up in what Giri called, I saw his interview, a pyjama. Um, it looked like yeah, he woke up and he put on whatever hoodie was lying next to him and rushed to the game. No, I don't think. We'll yeah, one one can argue with Giri, but I mean it's at best uh, jogging, uh, yeah. maybe a pajama. I don't uh, know. As far as I un- well, for a start, he was more than two and a half minutes late. I think the the round started too late, and you could have a specific argument about that. From what I read, there was uh, an organized tour to a skiing resort earlier in the day. That he was part of, so they were out uh, skiing. But I think that, uh, well, Magnus and perhaps some others of the Norwegian took uh, private transportation home, and they got caught up in in, in traffic, and uh, that's what that's why why he was late. Uh, I'm not particular. Well, I'm not uh, making an opinion on that. I in gen- in general, I mean, can you actually postpone the round? Or I mean, I don't know how how this should this should uh, work. That should probably be it's tricky because it is Magnus, and of course, everybody should be treated equally. But there's yeah. also a lot of TV cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it is it's weird. You could also argue that well, if the dress code should be strictly observed, you should uh, send him out to change. That's what they did. Uh, well, I guess you remember the uh, Asmai Parish really, and was it uh, who was it in uh, well, Kovalyov? Kovalyov. Uh, yeah. He was told to go and change. Right. I mean. I, it's um, it's not ideal situations, but um, I don't know what the actual solution is. It's also, well, yeah. Uh, but um, no, it's true that we, we saw live on television that uh, the, 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 uh, the arbiter starts the clock and it runs down. And Norwegian television is sort of filming on the entrance and suddenly you can see, who is this in the security control? No, it's someone else. Who is this? Ah, it's actually Magnus. And you can see that he's quickly getting scanned and then he's he's coming there running in his, uh, it was not a pajamas, but a normal uh, hoodie. He comes running through the, the chess hall and runs up to the sta- stage, stage. And uh, yeah. The trouser? It was not a pajama? Well, it was just a, no, it's jogging pants. I mean, it's normal sports pants. I mean, no, I don't know about athleisure. I mean, no, this is, I understand this is... that. 
I mean, look at my uh, stuff now. I think it's half jogging, Sexy. half pajama. I, I don't know. If, if possible, I would rather not. But uh, I mean, no. This is uh, how we dress up uh, casually in Scandinavia. So uh, I mean, you can you can you can like like it or not. But it was uh, normal uh, jacket pants. But um, it is of course okay. uh, a huge violation of the 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 the. the the, the the dress rules, but I think the dress was um, probably in his pr- private room, and his dad was ill, and all kind of of troubles. But uh-huh. it was not like he overslept. I think he was uh, on a ski. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, because that was a bit weird. But with your jet lag, who knows? You can, you may you may oversleep. Yeah, times. yeah, yeah. But I mean, well, if it was an official trip and there's official transportation, you can argue it's the responsibility of the organizers. Of but course. I think they had a private car. But I'm not into these details. But uh, well, there is official transportation if you. Decide not to take it and exactly. take a private car. Yeah. You can't say, okay. No, 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 I, 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 no I understand it. But, well, of course, the mm. rules might say there might be force majeure. But, uh, I mean, what happens if there is a traffic evidence? I think also the Norwegian uh, journalists were asking, so we have a dress code. But what happens if you only bring one suit but spill water on it? Are you forced to keep playing in a wet suit? I mean, it's... Uh, Asking the big questions, NRK, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for your work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking, speaking of NRK, there was one episode. NRK is the Norwegian broadcaster, the first TV channel. There was one episode where somewhere down the stretch, not on a high board in a game between Ahmed Adli and a young 12-year-old kid, Nikolai Averin, there was a protest. Adli lost some time, but he felt disturbed by friends of his opponent. And he made a protest, and the whole episode took half an hour. And during that half hour, while they were the game, the position was still on the board, and the players are waiting to continue. Norwegian television is extensively <laughs> bo- interviewing both players, including this twelve-year-old <laughs> kid who's yeah. fighting, fighting a protest there. And the arbiter doesn't show up because he's also giving an interview to NRK yeah. <laughs> while everyone's waiting for the tournament to continue. That was brilliant. NRK, it's a great show you're doing, but. Please don't hold up the tournament for half an hour. Like, let them do their job. For no, a bit. I mean, come on. Uh, the arbiter shouldn't answer NRK. I mean, like, this is a mistake of NRK. Uh, I mean, the journalist is doing his job, you know. He wants a good interview. So he's yeah. asking, why not? But the referee is such a shame. I mean, come on. You should first fix the problem and then maybe give thinking about, to, to think about giving the interview, but not the other way around. I mean, that's just, that's just insane. It's a proud Scandinavian tra- tradition. When uh, Spassky was playing Larsen in Malmö, the, the Swedish, I think, then radio, started asking uh, Spassky questions during the game for the live radio show. So, well, I think they don't uh, understand it. They look like, you know, ah, he's not in the move, he's relaxed. Why don't we, we ask about that? But, uh, yeah, oh, but... I, I get your point. They are trying to make television and we should probably set some limits for them and explain it better. Or maybe we are just happy to cash in the, 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 the TV rights they are paying and we have to live with it. I don't know. But I agree that... Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I played uh, World Rapid maybe eight years ago, and it's true that, uh, well, I ended up in a protest case, and I also thought, okay, I'm on minus three. Is it reasonable I fight for my right to get to minus two and hold up the tournament for 20 minutes? Well, obviously it's not, but, uh, well, when you play you your own game, you, I, I did it anyway, of course, but uh, well, I was probably right as far as I remember. But, um, no. And you got the point? No, no. I mean, I got to to keep the game going. My opponent was, I think, ah. asking for a free fall repetition, and it was not the case. But uh, well, that's. I agree that it becomes a huge problem if uh, the tournament gets delayed because of some completely non-game. And uh, well, this will happen when you have all these uh, g- games. Well, I would also say that I mean, 
maybe five times. Rook and Bishop versus Rook uh, postponed the tournament for 15 minutes. That was great. Also, Rook Knight versus Rook. I did a lot yeah. of commentary on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, there, but there is some problems with, with, with these kind of things. But, no, but uh, here, I mean, this is normal. Rook and Bishop yeah, against Rook, okay, well, well, you, you cannot do anything. But he, there, I mean, this Adley uh, uh, incident, I mean, the referee should uh, uh, take a decision much faster. Yeah. He should come, take a decision, 30 seconds, and up. That's it. No, but, no, I don't know exactly what happened, but in general, if my opponent loses on time, and then he complains that he was disturbed by friends of mine, I mean, I don't know, give my friends a warning, but why continue the game? I won uh, I won on time. You would claim it's not your friends, first of all. Yeah, first of all, I don't have friends, but uh, <laughs> unless they, I don't know, physically restrict him, I don't know why you may have to continue that game. Well, the rules actually rules actually says if you're disturbed, the opponent can add you extra time. But uh, I generally agree, we should have it like in football. You have competent referees. If you are disturbed by the opponent, I guess. But no, also by outsiders. Okay, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, well, the, the the referee has the right to make a judgment if uh, was he disturbed to such an extent that uh, he was he's treated uh, unreasonably and. Uh, uh, so, but I mean, well, it should be like in football. You have a referee who knows the rules, and he can within half a minute or the five seconds or two minutes make a decision. It cannot last half an hour. And also, yeah, well, you can see there were several incidents here where people it starts becoming a nego negotiations. I mean, you cannot imagine like in the in the, the football World Cup that they stand there debating for fifteen minutes. I mean, well, the referee has to look at the evidence, make a decisions, and and move on. And here it starts becoming uh, long discussions. I mean, you're mentioning some incidents, but there was even uh, well. There is some. The most classic uh, video was, uh, I think, some some rounds earlier. I forgot it was Kovalev against some kids. But basically, yeah, you you shared that one, but that that one was even more confusing. I would say, I I didn't get what was going on. No, it had it had an amazing uh, co comedic value. I think. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, Kovalev's opponent is down to one second left, and then he plays rook takes d8. But put the rook back on e8 and presses the clock. So I mean, uh, Kovalev cannot take it back, but queen takes d8 uh, check. So well, that's an illegal move, obviously. So well, what do you do? So you give uh, Kovalev two minutes more, and then you. But well, Kovalev is arguing that he, well, he actually played the rook to e8 and removed my rook on d8. So rook e8 is a legal move. So we should just put my rook back on d8, so I can play rook takes e8. Well, that would be made in 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 two. Ah, okay. So now I got get it. Yeah. Okay. So that he so the guy is saying, well, no. I mean, I removed your rook, so it's an illegal move instead. So I should get a pun punishment, but get to move again. So they debate that for for quite a while. So uh, no, for, in my opinion, it should be like forfeited for the for the guy who trusts. That that, that you could it. argue, and you can argue when he makes an illegal move with one second left, he would have lost on time anyway. Yeah, but basically, exactly. they put they put the position back. And he gets to move with one second left. What happens then is that uh, the arbiter doesn't start the clock, but Kovalev himself just starts the clock, and the guy looks puzzled and runs out on time. Yeah. And then uh, Kovalev just says, "Okay, you lost on time," and he leaves. And then there is some confusion. Adiban comes to tell uh, Kovalev, "Well, you could just play Bishop D4. It's completely winning." They start talking yeah. about the game like it's finished, but the arbiter says, "No, no, you started the clock. I didn't do it. You can't do like that." So right now you have, I mean, that they have debating what is the winning move while the game in principle still is in, in progress. So there is some debate and they decide to start the game for a third time. Um, <laughs> then the, the, the young player, he quickly takes on d8 and pushes the clock. Kovalev says, no, you're using 
both hands now. Yeah, yeah. So you cannot do like this. Then um, the arbiter says, yeah, you cannot use both hands. Kovalev says, this is an illegal move for the second time, so he's lost. The arbiter says, no, it's not an illegal move in that definition. It's in another way. So they restart the situation for the fourth time with one second left. He plays rook takes d8 with one move, tries to press the clock, and plows down the whole king side with the, his hand, and people just start laughing and say, okay, enough, and uh, you lose. But it, it takes 20 minutes, and uh, it's complete, completely ridiculous. Okay, so I, mean, I didn't get the, the part of this rook takes d8 and back to e8, because from yeah. the video you sent, it was not, it was not clear and... Uh, Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, actually, it's not the rules. I mean, it should be the rules that uh, if you make an illegal move with one second on the clock, uh, you should lose the game simply. But it's not It's it's, it's, it's not the rules. It's, 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 they should change the rules because uh, that's ridiculous. But we lack arbiters who is uh, powerful, who can sort of just say, okay, well, this is the ruling. I mean, it always becomes a, a debate, is my impression. And that I, I, I dislike. Laurent and I are available as uh, VRR arbiters. We don't Excellent. have to be on site. Ah, we don't yeah. know the rules too well, but we will make decisions very quickly. Yeah. And yeah, we, we prepare a field committee, but we also do the other. Yeah, we can decide also uh, best game of the tournament. We, we would find a, a gear loss let's say, the event. against uh, Dubov, for instance, which was amazing. Daniel, if you are listening to us, brilliant. I was very happy. Uh, that was whoa, such that a, was a game. Nice game. Such a game. Such a game. Wow, that was... Uh, yeah, he has so much talent, uh, this guy, Daniel, uh, that sometimes it feels a bit weird to see him. So, you know, around 2700, I mean, it feels... Some some games he's just playing like... Uh, like Tal, I don't know. I mean, it's so brilliant. that so much talent there. So he should, he should do better. He's already doing very well, of course, but we feel that... I mean, I feel that he he could do even, even much better. No, he, he's Dubov is able to create art in chess, yeah. which is di difficult because uh, I mean the game basically is very defensive in a way. I mean, I mean he's doing amazing stuff, and you're criticizing him for not doing it more. I think it's a bit rough, to be honest. Uh, no, I'm not criticizing actually. I'm I'm really yeah. rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. So no, he, I would like him to do it. He's, um, he's impressive. Uh, yeah. Um, also, we, we know we worked with him, so he's also... That was actually... But there was a number of incidents, but it happens also. You have... Uh, I don't know if you have a thousand games. I mean, things are going ha to happen. Yeah. Right? You have uh, more than a thousand games, and it's uh, uh, it's difficult. But there's a charm as well of the event. Yeah, yeah. You have, like, people uh, table number 62, and they are fighting, like, lions, you know, to save half point. I mean, I, I, I've been there, actually. And I understand them because at some point you are just so tilted that you, you, you would do yeah. anything to win a game, really. But that's actually a reason why I like the events being online. Having them online makes it uh, much more civilized in a way. I mean, you cannot do all these kind of things. Things get much easier. Rounds are pairings are made quicker, but also you don't end up in these kind of uh, strange situations because, uh, well, they they don't happen online. Yeah, but much more emotions, much more show. I mean, it's so much better life. I mean, if if you look at it, yeah, to me, it's so much more fun to watch. Of course, online events will continue, mm -hmm. but to have everybody there, yeah. like you can really feel the chess atmosphere. The yeah, spirit. Exactly. I actually missed not being there. It was beautiful. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Anyway, we've been going on for very long about this world rapid and blitz. So I would suggest that we end it here and move our end of the year recap to another time. We should mention, of course, congratulations to the world champion Magnus Carlsen, who now has a triple crown, but he does not have the most important victory at all. 
Peter, he has not beaten us yet in the Sleeper NBA Fantasy League this oh. week. It's currently a 50-50. It's a literal coin flip with both sides having two players left. And I really, really hope we win that one. I, I really thought you were going to talk about correspondence chess where he lacks the title. But uh, but you're right that uh, basketball is going to be two, two or one exciting night here coming up with our games. Uh, and um, no. It's two versus two. He has Kawhi and Christian Wood against our Kyrie Irving and Ibiza Zubac. And we're pretty much tight for points. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very exciting. So yeah. to, tell, to, to tell you... He can't win everything. Tell you how much I Hopefully. love this uh, basketball fantasy topic. I prefer the Fide Fide segment to that. Uh, don't we all? But Just to uh, tell you, to tell you how much how much I I love the the, the basketball stuff. Sorry, Laurent, for wasting ten seconds of your time after listening <laughs> yeah. to the previous twenty minutes. Yeah, you should talk soccer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> of the year and see you next time have a good new year I think when people are listening to this it's going to be 2023 full disclosure we're recording this on the 31st because we don't have friends to celebrate with we're sitting here recording podcast and happy new year everyone. happy new year happy new year <laughs>